justice. <laughs> I saw her. She is real. Please meet Princess Amonet. Was it the mommy? Okay. Wait a minute. The Boris Karloff one? (laughs) No, I think we watched it. Who was in it? Uh, Nick was in it. No. I think his name was Nick. Yeah. Or was that the character? Well, there was a guy who plays Nick in another show that was uh, on this. Oh, yeah. He was on that sitcom, The Big Bang Theory, I think. Something like that. Jake Johnson? Jack Johnson? Jake Johansson? Yeah, the comedian. No, that guy's actually funny. All right, let's kick it off. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another exciting episode. Oh, whoa, whoa, exciting. Um, Listeners, welcome to another episode. There you go. Let's get Jolien plugged in here. We'll cut all this. Episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast that talks about horror movies. And obviously, we, uh, you know, just recklessly plow into whatever movie gets in front of us. We should make it about podcasts. Horror movie podcasts. Yeah, we could just talk about other podcasts. Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast podcast. Why not? We're good at planning because today is Friday the 13th, so of course. Yeah. So, of course, we're talking about The Mummy. Why don't we just talk about Jason movies instead? All right. Like Jason Bourne movies? I need to rewatch the original one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You go right ahead. (laughs) I've not seen it in years and years and years. I'm sure it's fantastic. Well, let's do that quick bit of housekeeping. Um, We talk about horror movies. We will spoil the featured attraction. Uh, We're not professional critics. In fact, we do this out of the goodness of our hearts. We don't get paid a dime. Um, I could pay you guys both a dime if you want. I hope you don't spoil the mummy because I don't remember what happens. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to spoil it to some extent. And uh, thank you to the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features. We play that at the top of the show. And um, you can find their music digitally on iTunes or um, what's the other thing? Amazon. And say hello to them on Facebook where they are, the moon dash rays. And um, that pretty much 
is it for housekeeping. So we can talk about what we watched since last time on our march toward Halloween. Yep. Will, what have you watched? Because you're doing a movie, a horror movie a day. Yes. For all of October. I uh, to a quick recap: Legacy of Blood, Five Dolls, Babe Blood, uh, The New Daughter, The Alchemist Cookbook, and then what I've watched since we've last had a podcast. I watched a movie called The Last Will and Testament of Rosamund Lee. I hope that's right. I keep feeling like that's not her actual name, but um, I thought Jolien had seen this, but he mm-hmm. said no. It's on uh, one of the services. I don't remember which. <laughs> Amazon or Shudder or Hulu, Hulu or, or Netflix uh, yeah. or something YouTube else. or... Or steal it from the dark web. I've never stole anything from the web. I merely borrowed copies mm. like one would from the library. Would you be opposed to watching The Net sometime? With Sandra Bullock? Man, I'd love it if we could watch it with her. <laughs> yeah, that movie with her in it, yeah. Yeah, we could watch that. It's so, like, I bet you six months after they started filming, like, everything in it was obsolete. Oh, yeah, it was pretty bad, even when you went and saw it. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I really liked Last Will and Testament of Rosamund Lee. Creepy, genuinely creepy movie. Is this one we should cover because it's that I good? I think this is one we should cover. What's, what's this at? Um, a guy who, and I don't quite know how old he is, um, his mother dies, and he goes back home to kind of put her house in order, and she was a member of an angel cult, and her husband... Like Dianetics or something? Um, no, that's the other movie. Yeah, that's the other movie we watched. Uh, they, uh, the, the husband killed himself, the guy's father, when he was a child. And I think that kind of, well, I don't think it states in the movie, that uh, that put a big wedge between them and, uh, and the boy renounced God. And mom has brought him back to test his faith, as she puts it. And it just gets creepy. Hmm. And really interesting. Um, really like that one. Okay. Then we watched one called The Mummy, but I don't remember anything about mm. it. Um, and I watched one called The Shrine, which was terrible. Terrible. I'll uh, remove it. That Polish. was Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. it was on Netflix. It's on my list, and I will remove it now. <laughs> Um, it had like TV, sub TV quality acting and writing. The writing was especially bad. This journalist finds out that this tourist in Poland has gone missing, and he's one of 50 people that have been missing in the last hundred years from this village or whatever, which didn't seem like a huge number. But mm-hmm. she goes there to investigate it and. There's crazy townspeople, and you keep thinking it's going to turn into some sort of hostile thing, but then it takes a supernatural turn, and there's a cult in it, but they didn't make a lot of sense. It it was garbage. I, I heard about it. It sounded vaguely like a Polish League of Gentlemen. 
It could be, but it's not funny at all. I mean, it really had nothing going for it. The writing was probably some of the weakest, and the the reads are really flat. Everybody just seemed kind of like, "Is am I supposed to be? Am I supposed to believe you or <laughs> what's my motivation?" Yeah, as Alfred Hitchcock would say, "Your paycheck." <laughs> That's how he said it. Yeah. And we watched The Girl Who Knew Too, no- Too Much. Oh, yeah. A bava. Mm-hmm. How was bava. it? The, the, it was excellent. The first uh, jello. Yes, it was. It was fantastic. Mm. Um, I wish it was in color. Man, you're, you've been on quite a journey. You, you, you toured all of Cronenberg's work, now Bava's work. <laughs> yeah. This is great. Is that off the set? Yeah. Okay. Then we watched one called Spring. How'd you oh, like Spring? Have you seen it? Yeah. I liked it a lot. Yeah. That's it the, was the guy, really the, well done. Is this on Shudder or something? I, it's the guy who goes to... to find it. Yeah, um, it's either on... I think it's on Netflix. I think you might well, be right. Well, no, maybe it's, it's on... It's not on Netflix. Amazon. for it. Okay. It's either Amazon it or, or Shudder. It must be on Shudder. Okay. Um, so that's the one where the guy goes to Spain. Is it Spain or Greece? Where does he go? He goes to Italy. Italy. Yep, and, I know this one. And meets this girl. Yep. And and she's not what she seems we to know, be. <laughs> don't go to Italy. It's full of spookies and witches. Yes. Um, just stay the hell out of the country. You're going to witness a murder. You're going to be implicated in a murder. You're probably going to hook up with something supernatural. Stay in America where it's safe. And some, yeah, you're some, only going to get shot. Some That's gri- not supernatural at all. <laughs> some grimy old guy is going to try and hit on you. Yeah. All that stuff's going to happen. Um, there was something about this that I kind of wanted to point out to you. Um, I don't know that the movie made a lot of sense, but I don't really care. Mm. Um, I thought it was really well acted. It looked good. Uh, our friend uh, Jeremy uh, Gardner, Gardner yeah. is in it. Yes. So I'm um, writing these down. So Spring and the Last Testament of Rose... Rosemond Lee. Or Rosamund Lee. Okay. I was looking this up real quick to see if uh, we could... <clears throat> yeah, it's Amazon. Um, it, it says Amazon plus one more. Amazon video, Amazon video. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, you spotted Jeremy Gardner. I was wondering if you would. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. I look for him now. And the, and the special effects were really good. Everything was excellent in this film. Um, yeah. It's just a guy who goes to Italy after his mom dies. He's taken care of his mom for a number of years as she battled cancer. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of lost. He gets fired from his job. So he goes to Italy and he hangs out with a couple of uh, English guys who uh, constantly challenge him to drinking games. Yep, a couple of cads. They, they were great. Um I won't spoil the line, but it's it's a funny movie. It's well written. It's well acted. The special effects are pretty good. I don't know if I understand what she was, but I don't know that I care. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really enjoyable. And they unfold the story with the woman um, nicely, if I remember mm-hmm. right. Yeah, I, I, I watched this two or three years ago, and I really liked it. So I would be up I'd for never a heard of it. It was it was great. Cool. Um, then I watched Colossal, oh, yeah. which I know you did talk about, yes. which was great. Have you seen it? It's on I, Hulu. I, don't think, I don't think I have. Okay. It's got Anne Hathaway in it. 
Yeah. Hmm. Um, watch it. It's it's fantastic. All right. I really enjoyed it. And then we watched one last night called Home Sweet Hell <laughs> with Katherine Heigl and I believe the actor's name is Patrick Wilson, who played oh, Ed. From, uh, what what's his name? Ed. Uh, the Conjuring. Yeah, and the Conjuring. Oh yeah. Ed Warren. Mm-hmm. Oh um, wow. Okay. I can't decide if I like Patrick Warren. I think he's good in serious things, but in this, he it's a substantially a horror comedy and he's very muggy and very rubber faced in it <laughs> don't know if i cared for him um i don't know that i like the movie it it seemed a lot like santa clarita diet oh really yeah but not whatever that show has this was missing okay so it like it didn't quite go far enough um, basically Patrick Wilson is a, uh, furniture salesman, um, who owns some, he's Jake Jabs okay. for our right. listeners <clears throat> and, uh, some guys plot to get him to hire this, uh, girl so she can seduce him and then blackmail him. Oh, Unfortunately, he's a got no money because it's all his wife's father's money, his father-in-law's money, and his wife is played by Catherine Hagel, who is a horrible, super controlling, like really, really controlling believer in the uh, law of attraction or the secret. Oh where no! You dream it, you can be it. Uh, as and, originally told in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes. Mm. <laughs> I think that's where they got the secret. <laughs> I think it you might be right. It holds up about as well. Um, <laughs> actually, I love the Rocky Horror Picture Me Show. Me too. But um, anyway, it doesn't go quite far enough. I think maybe if it was directed by John Waters, it'd be good. Or if it was actually a short TV show like Santa Clarita Diet. Yeah. Um, Which, by the way, the, the secret ingredient there is Timothy Oliphant. I think so. He's always the best thing on the screen in whatever he's in. I think if he was in this, it would be great. I think, you know, you could have this whole thing where basically, so this girl seduces Furniture King and the Furniture King's wife is like, well, he tells her for whatever reason, because he can't see any way out of it. He has no money to pay her off. And he's just like, fine, I'm going to just tell my wife. And she does not kill him, but she suggests to him that, well, okay, we have to kill her now. Oh. that's the only way to it. And it would have been kind of fun if it, I mean, she becomes kind of a serial killer for the rest of the movie. And right. dispatches several people. Um, but I just felt like it just, I don't know, it didn't quite go far enough. Yeah, I couldn't decide if it was scary or if it was funny and funny. Campy. It wasn't funny enough, right? You know that that can be the worst thing in a movie is when it can't decide what it is. You know, because if a movie knows what it is or wants to lull you into thinking it's something it's not, and then switches gears on you, that's fine. That's great. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah you run into those once in a while. So what else was that? It. 
That's it. Man. Julian me up to date. Good batch. Yeah. You've been busy, but you got some movies in? Yeah. I, I Luckily, uh, I had some nights where I couldn't sleep, so I watched some real garbage. Oh, yeah. You watched <laughs> oh, Wishmaster. Julian's one-star film fest is back on track. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I watched the uh, Wishmaster tetralogy. I'm sorry? Uh, no, I'm just sorry you watched it. Go oh, ahead. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, the first one's quite entertaining. It's, it's directed by Robert Kurtzman of K&B. Okay. Uh, so there's tons of, like, physical effects in it. Yeah. And I like the leads in it. Uh, and it's, you know, it's cool for horror nerds because, like, there's so many familiar people in it. Um, mm-hmm. Music's by Henry Manfredini. Uh, oh, and speaking of music, I want to uh, interject here that we missed our chance to see Thor. He was here? Thor was here last Saturday Fuck. night. I am really sorry to have missed that. Yes, Thor. God uh, damn it. Nicholson. You ruined my anyway, night. Sorry. I'm oh, not even being sarcastic. It would be fun just to watch him drive up. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would um, take half an hour, but it would be great. So anyway, the music's Harry Manfredini, executive producer was Craven. You got small bits from Kane Hodder, Tony Todd, Robert England, Ted Raimi, yeah, uh, Reggie Bannister. Uh, narrator is Angus Scrim. <laughs> all right, uh, the tall yeah, man. So the, the, the first one's all right. It's yeah, the, fun. the lead guy is uh, for the first two movies is Andrew Divoff as the gene, and he's 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 quite fun to watch. And Tommy Lauren is the woman in the first one. Tommy Lauren. Um, so yeah, that, that's all right. Um, uh, Joe Joseph Pilato's in it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're starting, uh, you know, okay. Yeah. And we're going down. Two thumbs wobbling slightly upward. Wishmaster 2 you is directed by the master of the uh, sequel movie, Jack Shoulder, who did uh, Elm Street 2. Ah. And uh, this, uh, so this is, this loses the K&B team to um, uh, Anthony Ferranti. And you still got some... Decent special effects in there. And he's still got the same lead. Um, and then you go down to Wishmaster 3, <laughs> Beyond the Gates of Hell. Uh, Is that the one where they're at college? <clears throat> yeah, so like the uh, the last two movies uh, were shot back to back. And uh, they're both directed by Chris Angel. Uh, wait, the not, not the magician. <laughs> okay. Wow. Different, We're both thinking the same thing. Slightly different spelling. Chris Columbus. Wait, the guy who didn't discover anything? No, different guy. Oh, God. <laughs> that guy. Um, anyway, uh, Wishmaster 3 has got Jason Connery as this professor of ancient history who likes to hit on students. And um, they, they have a new guy playing the gene, John Novak. Uh, and these two were shot in Winnipeg as opposed to Los Angeles. And then the last one's called uh, The Prophecy Fulfilled, which is just... It's horrible, isn't it? Yeah. <sighs> Yet, somebody keeps putting money into this. Just... <laughs> is it the mafia? Is it somebody who just wants a tax shelter? Mm. Is it a stupid person? I... 
I, I don't know, man. Anyway, but that was that was um, 2002, and there hasn't been another one since then. So thank God. <laughs> yeah. Get ready for the reboot. Right. And then uh, yeah, a big step up to watching the Mummy. <clears throat> Wait. Um. Did you see the Mummy? Yep. I have vague memories of a gathering last weekend to watch the Mummy. Uh, and then, uh, and then I watched a good one, uh, Cult of Chucky. Oh, how was it? Twenty seventeen. It is good. Yeah, All right, I'm glad it. to hear that. This is the best Chucky movie. I understand. There's callbacks to the other. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To the lore of there's, Chucky. There's uh, a returning cast. Oh Same man. director as Seed of Chucky. And Brad um, Dourif's doing the voice. Don, to... Don Mancini. Uh, yeah, so Brad Dourif is Chucky. Um, Fiona Dourif is back uh, playing the one who's the nemesis of Chucky. Mm-hmm. She's awesome. Oh, man. She's, she's like her dad, like fully committed, a lot of the same mannerisms. And she, look, she looks similar. And, uh, yeah, she, she's really good. This is good to hear. And she spends most of the movie in a wheelchair. Oh, wow. But, uh, she's, she, she is amazing. Um, you got Alex Vincent's back in it. He was in 1, 2, and 6. He was the kid in the first couple. Right. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Tilly's back in it from Bride <laughs> of Chucky. She's always welcome in my book. Yeah. Right. Jennifer Tilly's always good. Yeah. Um, uh, the, at one point, there's three Chuckies. Three? Yeah. And they're initiating this this, this new Chucky. Oh, <laughs> and God. Something has happened to each of them. So they all look kind of different. Yeah. But they're like debating on who's going to knock off this guy. So they're comparing notes on who suffered the most. It's just <laughs> hilarious. It's just oh so my funny. God. Oh, where, okay, man. where is this available? Uh, so this is on Netflix, but they have the rated Edited. version. Okay. Don't watch that. Watch the unrated one because there's some amazing practical gore. All right. In this, and and you need you need the punch of the gore because the the lines that come after the gag. The, the gore gag uh-huh. are really funny and I, I doubt they'd work as well if you didn't have that contrast okay it is really funny really good looking as well it's all so Brad Dourif back in an asylum so it's most of most of the movie is like really monochrome everyone's in white and all the environments white uh-huh. and then you just get the shock of red hair and of course blood every yeah. now and then uh, uh, well directed and everything um yeah big recommendation on that all right that's one of my favorite horrors of the year we should do that next week yeah it's really good um all right and then uh i got in a short one called night of terror which is a lugosi film i hadn't seen before how was it he's like one of the supporting cast this is from 33 so it's shortly after dracula but apparently he was he was owing a lot of money so he was shooting one movie during the day and then he was on this one at night okay and uh, he's playing this kind of swami with a hungarian accent hmm. uh named dugar <laughs> that's funny. he's one letter off from your surname yeah that's funny um and uh yeah i i, I love these old uh, old dark house mysteries but this one it starts off pretty strong but then it, it hits this like pretty dull patch uh, but the uh anyway the, the setup is there's a maniac going around uh knocking off people and then it, uh, after he's stabbed them to death he pins this like 
newspaper clipping to him. And he turns up at this mansion where there's this guy who's working on a um, uh, way of staying alive without oxygen. Mm. Uh, and this is builds up to him burying himself alive. And uh, so there's these murders going on and there's this weird experiment going on. And then you've got these, this, this peculiar couple who are the, uh, the servants of the house. So one of them is Bela Lugosi. Uh, and you've got Wallace Ford, who, who as a wisecracking reporter, yeah, again. Wow, okay. <laughs> uh, he he seems like he's half as normally like these thirties wisecracking reporters. They they talk a mile a minute. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. He's he's kind of half speed on this one. Oh, um, good for some reason. We need uh, some of that in the old movies. Oh, well, I I like those like, you know, either male or female. You get these like dialogue. really fast. Yeah, yeah, you have to you have to really pay attention because they get off some good comments oh yeah uh the uh thing i really didn't like in this and they they have a comedy black character he's a chauffeur and he has a stutter as well so it's really painful i was wondering um at first whether he was just so bad at acting he was trying to remember what he's going to say but then i realized you're supposed to have a comedy stutter oh okay it's just painful to watch he's he's not in the same league as like Manton Moreland or it was Stutter and Joe, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Old Stutter and Joe again. Um, the main Idaho? Main yeah. looks pretty pretty good. Um, he, he's quite entertaining when he shows up, but and he's got a good twist at the end. You know what people probably remember the most about this movie? Uh, Nineteen thirty-three came out the same year as King Kong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 bombed because everyone was going to see Night of Terror, right? And the stuttering chauffeur. Um, He's wowing the audiences. <laughs> now, the uh, the movie that bothered me the most this week was a ghost story. A ghost story. Yeah, have you heard of this one? No. It, it, it played the art theaters for quite a while this year. No. Uh, this is by David Lowry. I don't have you think heard of it? so. No, I don't okay. think so. So this is the one where. Um, uh, it's hard to talk about without spoiling it. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll come back to it. I'll talk about another one first. Come back to it and then give, if in case we have a listener, they can switch this off. Uh, so I also saw this movie from 1923 <laughs> called uh, <laughs> with an exclamation mark, which is uh, directed by none less than Abel Gans. Uh, so apparently he was, he was working on his, you know, he did the this epic movie, Napoleon. Oh, okay. Which I believe they're still restoring. It's going to be re-released, I think. Oh, really? Because it's I like this, yeah. it's this super widescreen epic he made. Um, but anyway, Why this, are they all obsessed with Napoleon? This is just 23 minutes. Um, so he, there's this uh, German comedian named uh, Max Linder, and he bet he met Abel Gantz and found out that he was having trouble with money. So he bet Gantz that he, he couldn't make a film in less than a week. Oh. So he made this one, and it's uh, it's pretty nutty. So Max Linder plays this guy, and and uh, you know it's one of those stories where it starts off with a gentleman's club. So they, okay. they're making these absurd bets about you know uh, endurance tests and things. Hmm. So in this one, he's uh, he's supposed to spend the night in a castle, and if he makes it to midnight, then he wins the bet. So he gets to this castle, and of course, uh, there's just this barrage of weird things happening and uh there's like uh costumes and uh 
There's like animals of various kinds. There's uh, skeletons and monsters. Uh, there's all sorts of mucking around with what you can do with film. Hmm. Um, like uh, you know, warping, re-photographing, you know, all, all sorts of strange things. It's pretty trippy. <laughs> Uh, it, it's very entertaining. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, watch that one. Anyway, a ghost story. So this one, you have this couple. Uh, one is played by, by uh, Rooney Mara, who I like. Okay. Uh, so I, that's all I knew about it. Uh, but there's this couple, and she's in it, and uh, the fella dies pretty early on. Comes back as a ghost with a sheet <clears throat> over his head and just two black eye holes. Okay. That's all I knew about it going in. So anyway, that that's the setup. Uh, it's about hour and a half, but it's a long, long hour and a half. This is painfully, painfully boring. Um, it's uh, uh, so basically the the it's the ghost is watching her, and she. Um, she she kind of has this kind of mild stages of grief, including eating a pie. You watch her eat the pie. She sits down. The camera is like equidistant from her to the ghost watching her. The, the camera just nails down, and she eats this pie. sits down and eats it, and you just watch the whole thing. That's about five minutes. What kind of pie is it? Um, apparently, it's a vegan chocolate pie. Uh, she's a monster, huh? Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, the ghost watches several uh, different households come to this house, which is like out in the rural Texas, uh, like suburban Texas. And uh, uh, he, he, for some reason, he's vindictive toward the Latino family and gets them to leave. And then there's this bunch of, um, you know, like a hipsters who have a party, uh, and then uh, it just just goes on, and he it ends up with the ghost in like uh, some future, uh, and then it loops back to before the house was built, and these like uh, pioneers come out to this area, and he watches them as you know set up where the house is going to be. Yeah. You look like you think this is interesting. It is interesting on paper. But it's the This is just one of those fails. works of art which is way more interesting to read about than it is to experience. Hmm. It's like a really bland, kind of like a, an abstract painting. I, I love abstract art, but yeah. like a really bland one which has got way more interesting theory behind it than the mm -hmm. actual thing, you know? Um and and this movie knows it. it it's like deliberately uh all the shots like static and all the cuts are hard and most of the imagery is pretty bland there's some nice wide shots of countryside and so on but um it it just dares you to leave i mean there, there were people like who just left theaters uh but um is this one was a hard one to sit through Man. Um, so, uh, it's, it's playing with that, that the, the Western idea of the ghost being in a time loop on a, 
a specific location. Okay. Yeah. And also the medium of film and uh, how you are the, as, as a viewer, you're haunting the events mm. in the movie. So you're watching it just as the ghost is watching it. Man, this is fascinating. So I that's wa- interesting. I totally right? want to watch I this really now. I really want to see this. Okay. <laughs> I dare you. I dare you. Okay. Um, so the, the ghost kind of reminds you of the, it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Yeah. Right. Um, and, uh, but the, this, this movie, if this, it might, um, it might seem like it's really unique and it is in this, like the endurance factor, uh, but um, uh, if you're interested in movies that play around with time and duration of shots and uh, yeah, uh, the, the um, you know, how how cinema breaks up time and memory and perception, uh, I'd really recommend going back to movies of the fifties and sixties like um, uh, Alan Rene. Um, last year at Marion Bad is obvious. Uh, Je t'aime, Je t'aime is a, like a time oh, travel yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, That's a good one. Uh, um, what's another word? Rene one. Uh, Night and Fog. That, that's a hard one because that's about the uh, the Holocaust. But uh, it, it similarly like breaks up, intercuts various time periods um, to deal with something horrible. Uh, La Jetie, Chris Marker. Mm. Uh, which is like composed of still images, mm-hmm. like literally, it's like they're just yeah. photographs. Uh, but that's like what uh, half an hour, less than half mm-hmm. an hour. Yeah, um, yeah. Th- those those movies, you, I, I, you know, I, they're, they're a pleasure to watch. I'll, I'll watch them again any time. But um, not so ghost story. No, uh, wavelength. Michael Snow. Um, like I, I watched the original that which is 45 minutes that's the one where it's like uh, the camera tracks across a loft like some some kind of apartment mm-hmm. and it's uh, you can tell they have to that you know because in those days they had to change the reel every so often yeah so it's obviously have to change slightly but it's basically the camera tracks across this apartment various people come into the apartment and there's some you know, there's some sort of story that you can imagine is going on. Yeah. Um, but uh, basically, it tracks across the apartment and, and then fixes on a photo on the far wall. Uh, and, and he did it like a short version of it, like mm-hmm. uh, 15 minutes, 15 years ago, I think. Where he like cut it down to like 13 minutes. He compressed it for yeah. those who didn't have the time to see the original. <laughs> but that's like an amazing avant garde film. Uh, I was really excited about watching that first time. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I detested this one. Uh, there's obviously very smart, talented people involved in it. Um, I think it's aimed at people who like to look down on people who didn't like this movie. <laughs> um, oh man. It, it feels like this is designed for people who like to mansplain, <laughs> uh, to, to the dates. It'd be ideal if you want to, if you feel that you can, uh, impress your date by you know talking about chronological ontology of Derrida and Heidegger to to your date you know yeah if that's your thing then uh, this is the movie for you um, uh, you know when when you're thinking all oh, this this is like watching paint dry you, 
you get a scene where you're literally watching plaster dry. Um, Finally. And, you know, when I was thinking, oh, this is this movie is for people who like to mansplain movies like this. You get a guy, there's this long scene where you're watching this guy at the party explaining about uh, how everything dies. Yeah. It goes on for a long, long time. And every, every single shot goes on for ever. Um, so, yeah, check it out. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. So, a ghost story. Yeah, check it out. I, I'd be interested in uh, what you thought of it and how far you got into it. All right. <laughs> Is that the list? Yeah. All right. Um, I have kept up with my one horror movie a day for 31 days of Halloween. Um, and we'll recap the first ones that... Um, as as we would have told listeners who've listened before. Nosferatu, Mad Monster Party, um, <laughs> Similars. Did you watch the Similars yet, I Will? I haven't watched it yet. I, I think you're going to enjoy that, that one. one. Death Note, which I didn't know was a big fat copycat movie, and now I do. Um, the Wolfman, 1941. Night of the Demons, 1988. The Mummy, 2017. The last time I saw Richard, which is a short, like this was one of the nights where there wasn't enough time left to watch a movie without probably falling asleep during it. And I found it was about a 20 minute long short that was available in Shudder. Um, I won't get into the particulars of it, but it's an Australian movie from 2013. It's about a kid who's in um, a sort of rehab facility and he is kind of a psychological bully to the other kids. He likes messing with people's minds. And they bring him a new roommate. And then there's something up with this roommate. And I don't want to tell anybody anything about it. Mm. Um, because I'm an idiot, I decided Blade 2. Why not? I love that one. Well. <laughs> so, so you'd recommend last time I saw Richie? Yes, I okay. would. Um, Blade 2, no problem. Okay. I, I recognize the Blade movies as being more like. Bad. Uh, well, Crap. more more action movies than they are horror movies. Shitty. <laughs> you could what say is that. What's the adjective <laughs> you're looking for? Um, I enjoyed the hell out of it when I saw it. Yeah, I yeah, didn't. I didn't okay. mind the second one. I did not care for the first Blade. Movie. I re- no. I re- okay, I remembered liking the second one better than the first one. Exactly. Okay, here's what was wrong with my viewing. Um, I went on um, Comcast On Demand and I went, oh, here's horror movies that are free to me. So I don't have to go pay, you know, five ninety nine or some shit. And I'm scrolling through them and I went, oh, Blade 2. I remember liking that better than Blade. I start watching it and there are vampires and or werewolves speaking in whatever Eastern European language or whatever. And there are subtitles. One of them yells something and the subtitle says, gosh, darn. <laughs> and I went, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and so I paused it and I looked at it. It was, it was available on demand via TBS. Oh. So it was fully like censored, mm. which bugs the hell out of me. No. Um, yeah, we watched Robocop. Yeah. <laughs> and that poor movie is cut to ribbons. Wow, how, how long was it? 
Well, they crammed in more commercials, we'll say. Oh, yeah, geez. that was the other problem. Because they, yeah, they really cut that movie to ribbons because RoboCop is a hard R <laughs> and it needs to be. Yeah. Right, it does. You know, it's like you were saying, you know, the gore and Chucky, Curse of Chucky needs yeah, to, you, you need it for the joke. That's yeah. just what you need in RoboCop, <laughs> right? you know, punctuate all those scenes. And man, when... The bad guy just says, gosh darn. <laughs> yeah. Although childish, uh, we're not children, uh, you know, so don't treat us like it. Just let, our, let us have our language. The best way I've heard this explained was <clears throat> there's no such thing as dirty language. There's adult language. So just understand it as these are words adults are allowed to say and you aren't. And that, if you could say that to children and children could just be present while language is used and not freak out about it, then, you know, killing of animals and gory stuff on screen is another story. But language um, can't hurt you unless it's hateful language. Anyway, that's enough about that. Um, Blake, are you talking about? <laughs> what in the What in the gosh darn heck are you what talking about? What in the gosh about? darn? Um, <laughs> so I do like Blade too. Yeah. Um, what's weird is I remember Norman Reedus was in it, and uh, he he's kind of dopey. Yeah. He's like the smart tech guy, but kind of dopey. Mm. And this was one of his more recent roles before getting cast in uh, The Walking Dead, where he's the badass redneck hunter guy. Mm. So it's kind of weird to see him playing this oh, kind of hapless yeah, boob. Yeah. But he's he's likable, so I, 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 I enjoy him. Watching it. I, I like the uh, so one of the lead vampires is I think it's Luke Goss, but he was in this this like boy band in england called bros there's okay. like this pair of twins who are like incredibly pretty yeah pair of boys and, and then he turns up as this vampire and i thought oh he's pretty good ah. and, yeah. and i really like the uh they 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 actually have kirby crackle when when there's like someone's really hit really hard oh yeah there's this kind of like just visible kirby crackle that comes that's up that's true thought, wow yeah. that's cool that's cool so in of course it's based on a comic for anyone who doesn't any listeners who aren't aware of that, it's based yes, on a comic it's book. from the uh, Tomb of Dracula series. Yeah. So Blade is a really cool hero. He's he's a lot of fun. He's, um, the biggest flaw in the character, Blade, is that he's, un, uh, he's the infallible uh, hero. He, he can't be, he can't be stopped. He can't be uh, reckoned with at all. He's, he's always got one up on anyone. Mm-hmm. Who tries to do anything to him, and when you, when you see someone getting the best of him, then he's just going to turn around on them immediately. Yeah. So, that, so it's like, oh, well, you could just watch Blade and just know he's never going to get hurt. But he's fun in the in the comics because he's going up against you know, like super badass, you know, Dracula, and yeah, so it's just, and he, gets, he gets thrown around. It's a different scene entirely. Have you have you seen the TV series? No. I have not. Uh, it it starts off pretty clunky because the guy playing Blade is is just not good, but he gets better. <laughs> What's no. his name? Not Wesley Snipes. <laughs> no, I forget who he was. But the supporting <clears throat> cast they get to actually carry it are really good. Yeah, and then and then they brought in uh, as it goes on, the writers who came in to work on it constructed this kind of mythology, and it gets really interesting. And then it got cancelled because it was. Oh. Like, yeah. stupid spike and uh yeah i, I didn't I, even I, realize it was i really a TV enjoyed show. that series I, you know it got better and better 
for, from a pretty low point, but it got yeah. better and better. And yeah, I really enjoyed the 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 uh, lead women in that. Really fabulous. Yeah. Um, the strangers. Have either of you seen this? Yes. Okay. How did you feel about it? Uh, I, home invasion movies. Yeah. Uh, I'm not keen on the same as as torture movies because at a certain point, people just get tied up or whatever. Yep. And they're that's it they're dead and it's you know and you've got like another half hour or so of the movie to watch them die yeah a lot of tied up and screaming going on yeah it's just um, like, hmm. which is precisely why i've avoided this one um which was from what 2013 or something yeah, okay. um i've avoided it till now i just keep feeling like i've heard enough people say that there were good things about it there are things they liked about it um i'll give it a shot and of course every time i watch one of these i think should I be a gun owner? I, I, <laughs> yeah. You know, if one of these assholes comes in my house, do I just, you know, if the dogs don't get them, do I, do I need to shoot them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things because I'm, I'm not going to be like, okay, duh, tie me to a chair. I'm going to be mm-hmm. like, um, I'm going to hit you with something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's always been our rule in any of these movies watching. It's like, I'm not digging my own grave. No, I'm going down swinging. Fuck you. Yeah. yeah. So, um, strangers, um, there were things about it that were well done, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's it's a well done yeah. home invasion. Movie. Yeah, but it is a home invasion movie, so know that going into it. Um, masked people who are um, happy to do harm to innocent people just because they were home. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can get on board with that. I mean, the randomness of it doesn't play the same way as like we can't understand Michael Myers's motivation. He wants to just go out and kill. We don't know why. Okay, I'm for some reason sort of forgiving and fascinated by that, but not this. Mm. Um, mm. But for what it is, it is done well. Now, that's like Citizen Kane next to the one I watched after it. <laughs> the Hellions. I think it's The Hellions. It's on Netflix. Uh-huh. And for everybody who saw Pontypool and said, oh, oh yeah. man, it's a good movie. Uh-huh. Same director. Oh. Somehow. I don't know if he dropped some acid. <laughs> someone hit him in the head with a mallet. Uh, something weird happened because there's plenty that's going on that's right, that's good. Hellions. Yeah. And it even starts out well. Like you're looking at it and going, oh, it's a little glossy. It's a little overproduced, but okay, I'll watch it because it's set on Halloween. It's a teenage girl who. Um, you know, she seems a little troubled, but she's she's cute and, and sort of counterculture and that's fine and good. And and it's not very far into the movie you discover, oh, she's pregnant. And the boyfriend who she's planning to go out with, uh, you know, he's obviously going going to be the um, father of this child if there is going to be a child. And a small town doctor is trying to be helpful and understanding. And she's going to sort of attempt to go about Halloween as though it's normal. And she has a little brother and a mom. I don't remember what the deal was with why no dad, but, uh, so she's trying to figure out what to do. She wants to go to a party. The mom is sort of saying, um, but yeah, you should go to the school dance instead. Uh, but aren't you going to the school dance? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go to the dance. Fine. Whatever. She decides, okay, I'm going to stay home and hand out candy and then maybe go to the dance. And she, knows full well she wants to just go to this party and she's having trouble getting hold of the boyfriend mom and little brother are out of the house and a really strange looking 
child trick-or-treater comes up and this feels like they went, okay, well that movie trick-or-treat with the little um, pumpkin head boy with the sack over his head, Sam, uh, let's kind of go with that vibe, except for their masks have to be made out of other stuff, like a bucket that's got, uh, you know, like a jack-o'-lantern pattern cut into it with however you would cut a galvanized bucket. Um, and it's weird because these kids show up and they're, they seem very menacing and she's like, okay, here's your candy, get lost. And, and more of them show up and they really pound on the door and it's like, okay, this is all like getting interesting. Well, there's some, there's some building dread. There's some menacing stuff going on. And the biggest problem that occurs is the director just takes a tab of acid and starts to freak out. And, um, you ever see someone who got a hold of a computer for the first time and someone told them how to make a flyer or some graphics yeah. and oh, yeah. everything's in a different font. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like every, every <laughs> trick that there is, they're going to try and do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what this movie turns into. It's like, Oh, what does this digital camera do? Oh, cool. It's just like people zooming and flipping into night vision and it's that and kind okay. of thing. So there's like every visual trick there is starts happening you are constantly reminded you're watching a movie. Uh-huh. There's no chance you're going to get lost in this and go, oh, I'm feeling dread. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm feeling dread at how many tricks you're doing with this digital editing s- s- system or on board with the camera. And the, this could be salvaged with uh, someone reining in whoever was doing the tricks and uh, some editing. There's, there's a good idea here. And, uh, I couldn't even tell you uh, for sure what the ending was supposed to be, and I'm not going to try and ruin it for anybody. But uh, hey, again, I dare you, give it a watch. Uh, there's, it's a it's a visual treat in a lot of ways that you get to see Halloween stuff. But like, there's a windstorm inside the house. Um, I if it's going to defy the laws of physics, it better be an invisible demon throwing someone off of a wall. It's not just like there's wind blowing like crazy inside the house being caused by some menacing kids who we don't know where they're from. Oh, they must be demons. Okay. Well, have them smash a window and then the wind comes in, but just inexplicable crap going on every step of the way and constant, you know, visual reminders that movie visuals are it's uh, anyway, the hell so it's recommend. It's a, it's a high <laughs> recommend. And then body bags from 1993. Oh, yeah. Is it? I think yeah, it's quite fun. Isn't it? Yeah, it is fun. It's a, it's a, a, a sh- well, it's not a short movie. It's a, like a 90 minute movie, but it's, it's a short anthology in the sense that it's just three stories. So the first one takes place at a gas station. The second one is a guy who wants hair because he's thinning on top. And the third one is, um, Mark Hamill mm. as a baseball player who loses an eye in a car accident <laughs> because he's trying to find a cosmic thing by the B-52s and his cassettes. <laughs> and he undoes his seatbelt and plows into a tree and gets something through his eye. Is he driving a Corvette? Um, it is not Corvette summer. He's driving... Uh, I, I forget which car he's driving. He ends up in the in the other car, which is a Camry. Um, okay, the first story is great. It's, it takes place in a gas station. It's a girl's first night on the job. And um, she's going to be locked in one of those small booths where if you buy anything, money is exchanged through a little compartment. Yeah. And uh, 
different weird characters come up and some of the guys try to hit on her sort of. And uh, the guy who she relieves from shift uh, says, Hey, if you have any trouble, call me. And he leaves. And one of the first things she does is, is a few weird customers come and go, but she goes out to do something and accidentally locks herself out of the booth. And uh, then she remembers that, oh, yeah, there should be extra keys in the main gas station garage thing over there. So she goes to get them. So you think, oh, no, she's going to get totally stalked by somebody. But she safely gets back in the booth. But then the story unfolds from there. Um, Body Bags is ends up being a who's who of horror at the time. So like every horror director, uh, like John Carpenter is kind of your main host that does the wraparound in the morgue. Mm hmm. And uh, you've got Wes Craven and, uh, oh, God, I forget who else, but um, Greg Nicotero pops up. Um, uh, Sam Raimi pops up in this thing. Um, uh, what's his name from American Werewolf in London that um, that played David Kessler? Uh, David Norton. Yeah, David Norton. He's in it. Um, yeah, it's great. It's, mm. it's, it's a lot of fun. And then, of course, the second story is Stacey Keach, who, if you remember Animal House, he played D-Day. Mm-hmm. had the handlebar mustache and he's freaking out cause he's thinning on top. And then his girlfriend keeps assuring him that he's okay, but he keeps trying all these hair products and it's just weird. And then he ends up going to a, um, a hair doctor and I won't tell you what happens, but he grows hair, but then things go horribly wrong. <laughs> and then the Mark Hamill story anyway. So that's that. And they, they do the wraparound and, um, <clears throat> I'd heard about this for years and I've never seen it till just uh, last night. All right. That's my list. Uh, so we've made it to 50 some odd minutes and uh, listeners, if you're annoyed that we haven't talked about the mummy yet, <laughs> well, in a few minutes, maybe you'll be wishing we were we'll, talking we'll about what we watched. <laughs> in a few minutes, we'll be done indeed. Yes. So we watched the mummy. Yeah. Good night. 2017. You've heard about it. The mummy. With Tom Cruise. Good night. <laughs> Will, uh, did you try to explain having watched The Mummy to anyone? Uh, I briefly tried to explain it to Eugenia, and I just <laughs> told her, like, I, I felt angry that I was spending any time devoted, because I was trying to tell her part of the story, and I was like, it's not even worth it. So we all got together last weekend to watch it on Blu-ray Yes, at, at my place. And there were two things that we all said to each other was, what was the plot? Uh-huh. And uh, I didn't hate it as much as League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. True, true. I did not hate it as much as no, League I, In fact, I didn't hate it. Gentlemen. I didn't hate it at all. You know, I didn't hate it because it had nothing. It was yeah. absolute. It was just <laughs> oatmeal on the screen. There was nothing... <laughs> Going on, nothing. Um, it felt like Mission Impossible 6, Curse of the Mummy. <laughs> it did, didn't it? Um, yeah. Did they waste their money on that zero-G plane filming? Oh, yeah. What, yeah. Was that? what did that add to the plot? Fuck nothing. all nothing. is what it added. It was a special effect that they used in Apollo 13 right. 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean... I, I read up about this movie because I had to see what the plot was. Yeah. yeah, I did and too. I still don't understand what Armanet was after. Um, so she's this, she's this, the mummy. She, yeah. She, I, and if you don't count Tom Cruise. Um, so she's this mummy and she's 
trying to bring back Set through him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to give Set a body. Yeah. In order to what? Exactly. Because she's no longer going to be inheriting the kingdoms of Egypt. Yeah. What is she after? Is she going to be if ruler anyone, of the whole world if now? anyone knows what she's actually after, please let us know because I don't know. We'll send you some prizes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll come up with a... We'll, we'll do a little picture for you yeah. or something. Yeah, we'll do something like that. Yeah, so I still don't understand that after reading up. But anyway, when I was reading up online, apparently Tom Cruise was very... Uh, heavy-handed about how this movie should be made and directorial decisions and he he wanted to do this free-fall sequence because he knows best what's what makes a horror movie good Well, he said that in that little one of you watch you put on one of the yeah behind the scenes i watched all those behind the scenes little things and he was like oh i had this great idea for this zero g thing and the vomit comet but again that one of the one of the shorts in there is is like called something like keeping it real. Yeah. And so you have everybody who comes on camera says, "Oh, we wanted to keep it real." And the other thing is Tom Cruise says like it's terrifying. He he says that over and over and over. Oh man. To and, who? Uh, it's neither. It's like none of these people hey, are real shit, human we've beings. Seen. None of it is terrifying. Before, nothing new. In every Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> yeah, it didn't. And it was such a short sequence, it didn't matter. And it didn't have anything to do with the mummy. You know mm. the best thing about this? That pizza and? that pizza that you guys got? Oh, that was really yeah. good pizza. Yeah, that was <laughs> good. I recommend that pizza. Uh, Lo- Pizzeria Locale. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is a... This has got a good cast in it. And, it's, uh, and they obviously had an army of production design oh, the and credits went on forever and, uh, uh, the yeah uh, it looks good yeah um there's tons of details uh, i didn't see much in the way of authentic egyptian anything design no <laughs> uh but it, it, you know it, there's plenty to do so why candy. did they set it in mesopotamia uh well apparently the uh, before cruise took over the story uh the original plot was uh it would be set in iraq and they, there'd be uh, marines fighting an army of mummies. Hmm. Well, that or, sounds more exciting. Or some kind of back from the dead people. And back to the thing about the credits. Um, I think Will, you said it best when we were watching it over at Jolien's house. When you said they'd be shorter if they just listed everyone who wasn't in the movie. Yes. <laughs> Fuck! I think it employed the entire UK. Yeah, for a couple of years, you should have stayed in England. You could have worked on the yeah. Mummy. I, I I do think back on when I was offered a place at film school. <laughs> There's this guy who came to our our college and he showed the uh, the credits of Dead Zone. Yeah, and uh, and he was asking about it, and like as usual, I was the only one who like piped up. Uh-huh. Uh And uh, we we just got into discussing like the meaning of how the titles have you, do you remember how it comes up in the dead zone like you get these like abstract shapes after oh, a while okay. you realize it's the letters of the title yeah yeah coming up and, and the, the negative space coming out of it so it's all meaningful design and uh yeah we, we were so i was talking to this professor and he's like so by the end end of this lecture he said do you want to come to film school and i'm like, I keep thinking back. 
<laughs> I'd, I'd never have met my wife, but you know, I keep you would have been in film that. school. But it all happens for a reason, man. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> It all happens. It all happens whether you... It all happens. Whether you like it or not, yeah. it all happens. But but yeah, so you, you chose that path that you chose. And yeah. You could have so, been working on The Mummy. Right. I, I'm, I'd, I'd definitely be making more than like about a dollar an hour. Well, like, I don't I know do about now. that, but... That's, that's, what I, that's how I, I figured out what I make. Yeah, but comics. I mean, I don't know that anybody who worked for the Mummy actually made any money mm. other than Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. That know. was their whole budget. Yeah. <laughs> was the Vomit Comet and Tom Cruise? Yeah. So, um, so back to the plot. What happened, or lack thereof? Well, so the motivation of of the of the um, oh God, what's her name? Uh, Nick and Prince, Nick? Princess Amanet. Yeah. Oh, the omelet? Yes. Princess Prin- omelet. Yeah. Yes. Uh, she, so her original motivation is that when her father dies, she's going to take over the kingdom of Egypt. She's going to be the supreme ruler of all that she surveys. Mm-hmm. And if she uses a special dagger and kills her boyfriend, Set will take over his body. Mm-hmm. And so essentially she'll have her boyfriend in body, but she'll have this super powerful god of death um, who's not even the code of death. He's not, you're right. Um, by her side hmm. and, um, and they're going to rule everything. But then dad goes messing around, you know, sticking the Royal staff where it doesn't belong and ends up with a son. That's going to obviously be the next ruler, not her. Hmm. So then she, um, is going to take care of this whole problem by killing him and the son is that right? Do I remember yeah, this right? She kills her yes. parents. She kills parents and, and her brother, I guess. Maybe yeah. not. Yeah. They maybe don't show child murder. No, she kills the baby. Does she? Yeah. Tom Cruise didn't say don't do that? No. Okay. So um, they they catch her doing all of this, whoever they are, the the, the Egyptian cops, um, ancient Egyptian <sighs> bobbies, um, uh, mummify her and bury her alive. Uh-huh. And the dagger is somehow... Um, Acquired uh, by some crusaders. Crusaders, yes. Yeah. So, and then it's buried in England with one of the crusaders. Yes. It's well, bu- no the the stone is because yes, it, it has two parts: the dagger and the stone. <laughs> yes. And see, this is about where I got mad discussing it with Eugenia. I was like, "Fuck this movie! Why am I spending this much trouble?" Like, explaining a mummy movie it's like if a kid who's like three or four makes up some really dumb story that's clearly not true and spends an hour and a half two hours doing it it was a shaggy dog story wasn't it yeah and then your dumb ass has to repeat the story to someone else it doesn't make sense because she consents where the dagger is but if she actually picks it up she's not aware there's a vital piece missing from it no right no yeah. Uh, so everything is supposed to center around her motivation and this magical dagger. But then they need to kind of stuff Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in there to set the groundwork for future shitty movies. Yeah. yeah. The Dark Universe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How's that working out? <laughs> They've postponed the uh, Bride of Frankenstein with, who is it? Angelina Jolie and... Uh, that's That's what... Uh, are red, but then there's also rumors it's Gal Gadot. 
which would be a great idea. Maybe that's why they've suspended it. They're like, can we get her out and get her in? Can we work? Can we do that? That would be kind of Well, they of better awesome. be working on a story. That's actually that's the official the, reason. The, the official reason is that they're going to write a story. They're going to write a story this, this time. time. Yeah. We're writing a story, people. Hey, you dopes. How about writing a story first? And don't let Tom Cruise run everything. Uh-huh. He's not the boss of you. So why did he just make this another Mission Impossible film? Because that's all he knows how to do. I guess. But he's not playing that character, though. He's playing this kind of stupid wannabe Indiana Jones. Yeah. Yeah. And who who named the characters? Because the other recognizable person in this is the guy who plays Nick in uh, The New Girl. Yeah. And what do they name Tom Cruise? Nick. Yeah. Opposite of the guy we know as Nick. The fuck? Anywho, um, you want to hear something crazy? The Mummy grossed $80.1 million in the United States mm-hmm. and Canada, and $329 million in other territories for yeah. a worldwide total of $409.1 million against a combined production and advertising budget of around $345 million. So they took a big chance. They thought, or well, they didn't think they were taking a big chance, but uh, they... I'm not good at math, but um, they made they, some money. They made some money. They made some tens of millions. And they're on making this. another one of these, I'm sure. Oh my god, um, it, it's weird because like the original Mummy movies, um, there's shambling and strangling. Mm. There's yep. a there's a curse that motivates the mummy to do what it do, but those were always the most boring of the Universal Studios monsters, if I remember correctly. Um, they're pretty quiet movies, at least the the first it's one. It's a comprehensible plot, and you're in and out in about an hour. Yeah, which is weird. Like as quiet and slow moving as as it might be, it's not um, it's not annoying you with its lack of story. Was mm-hmm. well, going back to the um, how I find a lot of uh, movies in the last couple of decades now um, the faster cut. But they move slower, right? And that's and that's usually a, a pretty big fault with a movie. You know, you don't want to feel like you're being tested for endurance. You want to feel like you're being entertained. You know, that's a novel idea. Yeah, I don't mind slow movies, but you know, if there's something going on, there's yeah, layers to it. Yeah, if it's building a story, yeah, sure, move it slow. That's fine. Like The Witch wasn't like breakneck pace. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it felt, uh, quiet in places and dreary, but it, it was doing something the whole time. Yeah. I'm, I'll watch, um, like Tarkovsky or late period Kurosawa, you know, they're, they're very slow movies, but there's so many layers, things to contemplate as you're, you're watching it. It's, yeah. it's interesting. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, with, you know, with nothing going on, but it's faster cut and, mm-hmm. and, you know, the, the plot's not advancing, it just feels slower. Um, critical response on this has been um, mostly negative, uh, believe it or not. I'm sorry, what movie was this again? I tried to find uh, <laughs> people who defended it because I was interested in... Yeah, did you find anybody? No. No? I should have looked that up. I I, I didn't I, you know, I didn't spend much time looking it up. But... Well, yeah. I did mean... you? Did you? I mean, so, so what, what what positive things apart from the the production design and so on? 
Hmm. Nothing, but some at of the, the choreography same time, was some of the choreography. To be fair, uh, you know the stick fighting scenes and some of the, you know, some of the chasing and tumbling and mercury splattering and stuff. Some of that choreography was, you know, fun yeah. and lively. I like the uh, the underwater zombies. Yeah, why can they swim? We I mean, don't know, but they look, they look good. Right, they look good. Kind of I'm totally not kidding this time. I don't remember any underwater zombies. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> There's a scene where he's like swimming through like tunnels beneath oh, that's a temple right. or something. Okay. And he's carrying the woman. And, yeah. Uh, what's it? Um, Jenny. And, and there's a bunch of underwater zombies for some reason. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Do you, do you want to hear a couple of... Uh, snarky review comments okay sure um let's see uh vince mancini of uprocks gave the movie a negative review writing if you like incomprehensible collections of things that vaguely resemble other things you might have enjoyed in the past exactly the mummy is the movie for you yes uh let's see yeah it's like his his best friend character is directly out of american werewolf oh yeah (laughs) yeah it was everything you've seen before uh, let's see. Uh, IndieWire's Dave Ehrlich said, it's one thing to excavate the iconography of old Hollywood. It's another to exploit it. This isn't filmmaking. It's tomb raiding. <laughs> uh, Owen Gleiberman of Variety wrote, the problem at its heart is that the reality of what the movie is, a Tom Cruise vehicle, is at war with the material. The actor at 54 is still playing that old Cruise trope, the selfish, cocky, semi-scoundrel who has to grow up. The trouble is that Cruise, at least in the high-powered potboiler like this one, is so devoted to maintaining his image as a clear and wholesome hero that his flirtation with the dark side is almost entirely theoretical. Good point. I, I, uh, I saw a, I, I posted a link to you. Uh, yes. Uh, there's an article on Cracked about five most insane movies of the year yeah and the mummy was number five and uh one of the things they said was is is kind of like a is tom cruise's midlife crisis he's playing this guy who's like brought back from the dead and he's he's yeah. running away from aged dead people and showing how he's he's so buff and yeah I can and he's, see that. he's like uh hitting on young women even though they're telling him that he's not good in the sack. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) all of the above. Uh, There's something wrong in Hollywood that they always have to pair people, men with uh, women who are much younger and typically more attractive in their league than the male actor is in theirs. It's sometimes more exaggerated than this. Like when you see, you know, Jack Nicholson, when he was 60, being paired with a woman who's around 30 or 35. It's like, can you not put him with someone closer to his own age? No? Okay. Um, Whatever. I mean, th- th- those are choices that are made in, in uh, boardrooms full of people who, you know, get money from other people and decide what to do with it. You know, we we can't reason with that. But that's, that's biz- the business end of of this kind of art. Uh, but generally speaking, um, yeah, this, if you, if you smushed all these reviews together, it, it would probably come up at less than 30% favorable, which if that were a test in school, you'd fail. Yeah. 
So there's that. It's a completely forgettable film. It's it's right up there with uh, oh god I forget. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel about this. Um, do you remember when when that uh, Ben Affleck and uh, uh, Jennifer Lopez movie came out that was called Gili? Gili, yeah. Everybody was like, it's the worst movie ever made. It's horrible. It's awful. I went out and bought like a used copy or a, or a discounted copy of it just to show it on a bad film night that I had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I hadn't seen it before. And I'm watching it going, it's just a movie. Mm-hmm. Maybe they played it up too much. It was supposed to be great and it wasn't, but it didn't like stink the place up. You know, if you want to watch a bad movie, you know, watch something that Ed Wood made, you know, and it's bad, but it's funny. Uh, Gigli wasn't, wasn't funny. That. Or bad. It wasn't even that bad. No. It was just kind of dumb. I think uh, everybody was sick of Beneflect Benef- and... Gen, Gen, Genfleck? Whatever they were calling them. Yeah. Benefer? Genfleck? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, everybody was really sick of their shit. And they split up anyway, so... You know, it all, it all turned out... <laughs> It all worked out for everybody in the end. <laughs> it did. Uh, so, do we want to go into the mummy any further than to maybe the mummy? Yes. No, not Karloff. No, not. I don't think I've seen it. Yeah, I, th- I think I think you wait a week and you really will not be able to tell anybody. Anything. I really, I completely forgot there was underwater mummies. Yeah. Swim- Somebody asked me about it. I wouldn't have been able to bring that detail up. Yeah. Um, Sometimes you can come up with a handful of cool ideas and figure out where to put them in a movie, but you can't build a movie around a handful of good ideas. And then you certainly can't hand it over to some man child who's just going to like tell you what to do with your movie. Um, I think people who really care about horror movies should be the ones making horror movies. What was the one I watched? This would have been fine if it was an action movie, even, but it wasn't even a good action movie. No. It had nothing going for it. I thought the, uh, the filming of the action, like the storytelling for every level, including how the fights were filmed, was poor. Yeah. I, I couldn't follow. It, it was breaking the 180 degree rule all the time, which is fine if you know what you're doing, but. It, yeah, but it had I, no. I couldn't follow. It had no reason for for any rule breaking it was mm. just incompetent and boring yeah. all the way around it was a dull film <laughs> and it had every reason to not be it had everything going for it as far yeah, as budget and effects everybody has seen a hundred times before well, I, I enjoyed watching it because i was with you guys but yeah. on my own this would be oh it, i didn't even think it was fun to watch as a group because it wasn't <laughs> bad enough to make fun of it it was just something happening i thought of a good title for a movie what another fucking transformers movie (laughs) yeah it was kind of a transformers movie but you know what whenever they put another one of those out they should just call each sequel that i'd I'd like a moratorium on uh destroying the houses of parliament uh, I seem to be seeing this in a lot of movies in this yes. past decade. It's yeah. like in the 90s, they were knocking the top off the Chrysler building yeah. Yeah. in every summer movie. 
and you know the past 10 years it's been the houses of parliament I gotta, so, yeah, yeah. give it a rest give it a rest how about smashing the white house <laughs> right about now <laughs> for real yeah uh, yeah not us but a monster uh, but uh, yeah yeah pick a pick a different city to destroy apart from new york and london yeah you know, just just for or one Paris. year yeah how about uh, reykjavik Reykjavik doesn't get enough attention. Does anybody even recognize? Uh, yeah, another, and that's what I'm saying. Another moratorium is uh, filming your alien landscapes in Iceland. Yeah, that's true. I'm kind of getting used to seeing Iceland and everything. Yeah, we recognize it. Interplanetary epic. We're looking at you, Game of Thrones. We recognize it. <laughs> there's there's plenty of uh, plenty of tourists going to Iceland now. All the all the hipsters started going there, and the word got out that oh, it's pretty cool. It's really pricey. Yeah. It, it used to be cheap, I guess. Well, it's really pricey now. Ah, well, good. Maybe that'll slow the roll of all these ugly Americans. You know, if you ever worked They're in... They're really living off the tourist dollars now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. but uh, And they have to import everything, I imagine. If you ever worked at a film lab back in the day when people would get pictures printed, yeah. developed and printed... You really got to see how awful some people are when they go on vacation. Oh, it's terrible. I don't even want to get into stuff I've seen, but... Like man. The Mummy? <sighs> Have you I... seen The Mummy? Because I think I've seen The Mummy. I considered not seeing The Mummy, then yeah. went and you saw... You watched it twice. Twice. At once at home and once with you guys. Wow. Um, I know more about it than I should. Uh, the bit of research I did for the show... Well... Yeah, we don't yeah, need to get into much more of it. I was going to look at some research, and then I decided it was the mummy, and it wasn't worth it. So what do you think of Russell Crowe as Dr. Henry Jekyll slash Mr. Hyde? Was that in this film? It unfortunately was. Oh, um, that was the extraordinary gentleman bit. Yes, that was that whole bit. Yeah. Uh, did First of all, did we need that? Was that just them? Obviously, it was them laying the groundwork for future right. movies. Um, do we need a Jekyll and Hyde movie? No. I don't think we do. Not a standalone one. Why would they put Jekyll and Hyde in charge of anything? Right. I mean, oh, he only goes nuts sometimes. <laughs> do you think... Uh, um, How brilliant could you be? I mean, like, like, Einstein is really smart, but occasionally he eats somebody. Right. <laughs> He forgets to put his pants on, then he eats somebody. And then he eats somebody's face. But other than that, he's really smart. I mean, at what point do you just say, no, it's not worth it? Yeah. I mean, maybe you have somebody in charge of Einstein, but you don't put him in charge of the company with, with his face-eating record. And all. Right. <laughs> yeah, that, that, okay, that makes sense. Um, Javier Bardem as uh, Frankenstein's monster. How do you feel about that? Uh, was he in this? No. Okay. He was he was gonna he was up for Hyde Jekyll and Hyde. Oh, was he? he? Yeah. Okay, because I read that he was up for um, uh, Frankenstein's monster right. in the Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, and the Bride. Wow. The Bride with Sting. <laughs> Sting could probably come back and do the Bride again. And have you ever seen that the Bride? Yeah. It's not bad as far as um, Frankenstein remakes go. I remember it being a bit dull. Well, sure. But, you know, put it up against this any day. Well, I'll watch yeah, The Bride. But I, yeah, but I'd watch Paint Dry or 
Plaster Dry. Plaster Dry. Ghost Story, <laughs> which sounded awesome. I want to watch Ghost Story. I'm looking forward to seeing what you yeah. make of that. Man. So as we continue our march toward Halloween, um, how are you guys feeling about doing that Chucky movie, The Cult of Chucky, for next week's show? Does that sound like a thing? Sure, if we can find a copy of it. Um, well, yeah, that's the thing is... Uh, there's the Netflix edit, which we want to avoid. I, I just got the disc from the library. Okay. I don't even have a library card. I have a passport. Library. I could go to other countries. Um, yeah, I, I have a few things here that I would like to see again. Um, Vamp, 1986, with Grace Jones in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that for so long. I kind of wonder how it would look to me now. I, I've been looking for more Halloween-themed How movies. about The Mummy, 2017? Oh, I hear that's uh, mediocre. It's no good. <laughs> yeah. We should watch it, though. It might be funny. It's got that free-fall scene that was so sadly missing from the Boris Karloff original. <laughs> yeah. And if, <laughs> if only someone had vomited, that yeah, would have been great. It'd be fun to watch him float around a jet I with was his, more his fez flying through the air. It was so sad. I was more interested that the the all the stuff inside the plane was made out of foam rubber. And it's like, wow, that ladder looks real. <laughs> but it's totally than foam anything rubber. anything in the movie. The movie was just totally dull. But I was like, wow, how did they all make the, that ladder look? All the thought so and construction and talent that went into <sighs> making a foam interior of a jet. Yeah, <laughs> that didn't go into the screenplay, or maybe did go into the screenplay but got overruled by, by notes and yeah. various people wanting to. Oh, this would be cool if we did this. Yeah, so. would it? Because yeah, everyone agrees. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's do this cult of Chucky thing next week. Okay, cult of Chucky. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm fascinated by that. And then ghost story. Ghost story. <laughs> you two can watch that. I think. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Check it out. Ghost and story. Prove me wrong. Tell me I'm an idiot. Look down your nose at me for not liking. Sure, it. sure. It's like, oh, he's, he's, he's English. He's just yeah. being snobby about yeah, this. He just wants to see Fast and Furious and things with explosions. Now that he's an the American, <laughs> he, yeah, he stole it from the yeah, library. I check out the mummy. That sounds fun. He's, keep, yeah. he's keeping the library's copy of The Mummy. Oh, I lost it. Um, what was the other thing? Oh, the 4K restoration of Night of the Living Dead mm. is touring, and it's going to be coming to Denver, so there's a good chance we could go see that. Okay. Uh, uh, if that does come available and we are able to see it, I think that would be great. Even though we've talked about the movie, oh, yeah. the original versus remake, talking about the 4K restoration with the additional minutes of footage, nine minutes or whatever it is, I think it would be really great. Nine minutes. It's just them standing around smoking. smoking. Apparently, it's a bunch of zombies in a plane that's falling through the sky. Yeah. Oh. And then they swim under and a temple, ricocheting they, off rubber ladders. Yeah, <laughs> and they free float. Yeah, and it adds so much. It does. Is it yeah. a comment on Vietnam or something? Something. Something to that effect. Well, did we cover it well enough? Uh, what did we cover? Yeah, precisely. <laughs> Um, I mean, we've not talked about the movie before, but we really didn't talk about the mummy. We we gave it about twenty five minutes plus a little, which is twenty five more than it deserved. Right. So, um, which is about half the length of the original. So, listeners, watch the movie and and enjoy the foam rubber props inside the free fall scene. How long was that movie? Was it? 
was, it two was, hours? It was. Yeah, it was two hours. Seemed longer. Mm. Seemed like about four, didn't it? Yeah. Part of me still watching it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Part of me will always be watching the mummy, wondering what the hell's going on. Out on the astral plane, you're just yawning and rolling your eyes at the mummy. Uh, I'm tired of thinking about the mummy now. <laughs> well, now you can think about Chucky. All right. All right. Well, if we covered it well enough, I, I don't think anyone needs to know whether we recommend this or not. Uh, <laughs> it's a high recommend. Yes. Watch it now. Go out and buy the Blu-ray. Yeah. You won't be disappointed. Yeah. Pay extra for that Blu-ray. Why don't you? All right, listeners. Thank buy you for listening. New, not used. <laughs> Go to Target. Buy a brand new copy on Blu-ray. Yeah. Deluxe edition. In with- fact, shop around and spend the most you can because it is worth every dollar. Tom needs your dollars. He's suffering. All right. He's 74 in this year, right? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. With his shiny white middle teeth and his jet black hair. All All right. right. Thank you for listening. Stay off the moors.